Ethan, why do people care about shoes? Um, I think, well, if I'm going to use the traditional reasons people care about shoes, it's like, especially here where we wear uniforms, it's a way to express yourself. It's that little accent in your outfit that's just different so that you get to, you know, stand out from the crowd. Well, all right, I suppose I'll just, I'll just admit that sometimes I feel like a fuddy-duddy adult, and this is one of them, that I don't care about shoes, but obviously you do, so and do. You, you thought people would care about your shoes. So what shoes are you sporting now that we're on track out, and you've clearly gone shoe shopping? So I just got a new pair. I got the um, Lord of the Rings rendition of the Ultra Boost, <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah. so basically for all of you, they can't Lord see Lord of the Rings edition? Yeah, that's why, so... I'll just actually, if whoever's listening to this, I'm going to post a picture of this on the story so you actually know what we're talking about. It's basically like fiery orange and then it fades into black. So that's supposed to be the fire of the one ring as a shoe? Oh, I haven't actually seen the Lord of the Rings. I just... Ah! Or read it. Are you serious? I just like the shoes. Like, they pop, you So know? you don't even get the reference. No. <laughs> what, is, what does this mean? This says fire and blood. That has nothing to do with Lord of the Rings. <laughs> It is, however, a great example of marketing and marketing trying to get people's attention, which is very much on topic with our episode today. Oh, yeah. I'm cutting this part off. I don't like this tab on the back. I just – I like the orange. That's why I bought them. Well, I suspect if I – now that I'm looking at your shoes that the orange there is supposed to represent the fires of Mount Doom and the black of the shoes, if it represents anything, is the black of someone's soul as he uses the one ring and is corrupted by the will of Sauron, the evil one. I like to think of it like I'm stepping on fire and stepping on evil as I walk. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of What's the Res? <laughs> you have to pick it up. Welcome, dude. everyone, to another episode of What's the Res? Today, we're going to be talking about... Are you good? All I right. don't know. I don't um, know. Today, we're going to be talking about the proposed vape ban from Donald Trump. We read a couple articles on this, and I've seen a couple of commentaries. It's a really interesting topic, so we're just going to dig into that for a shorter episode, short bonus episode. So what are your thoughts? Well, before we even get there, I do want to just mention I'm basing uh, most of this off of an essay by uh, Katie Talento. Uh, she's an uh, epidemiologist and a healthcare consultant and recently left the White House where she served as President Donald Trump's top health policy advisor on the Domestic Policy Council. She has an essay in this morning's Federalist entitled, It's Not a Free Market When Consumers Are Addicts, that goes for Big Vape Too. So that that's that's where I got interested in this this morning. And uh, yeah, so uh, my thoughts in general are, I got particularly intrigued when you told me there was some big conservative voice yep. whose name I don't, I'm not familiar with. Steven Crowder. I, why, why, why should I know Steven Crowder? He, he's one of those guys that sits with a podcast microphone and has a really nice studio and just talks about everything political. So, okay. like, you know how Ben Shapiro is, like, the Daily Wires guy? Right. He's like Ben Shapiro, and he really likes Ben Shapiro. They've also done an interview together. Um, but he has his own studio, and he's just a massive conservative voice on okay. YouTube. Podcaster? YouTuber? Um, yeah, he has a podcast. He puts everything on YouTube. What's um, his podcast called? Ooh, the Louder with Crowder. Louder with... Oh, I yeah. have heard of Louder with Crowder. Yeah, I listen exactly. to it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. And okay. he's the one... Have you seen those memes out there where it has the table and it says, change my mind? He's that guy. Oh! Yeah. Okay. So he invented that because he, he puts all these posters out there and it says, like, gun rights are good. Like, change my mind. And then he has people come up and then he tries to prove that the left doesn't want to have conversation or whatever and does that whole thing. Oh, interesting. So what, what's his take on vape? Um, he says that if you support the vaping ban, you're not a true conservative because conservatives don't like... So I'll actually comment on what he said. But he said that 
um, conservatives don't support bans of any type, and even though it might be bad for people, it's a regulation on the free market, So, which is like the classic outcry you'd probably hear from a free market advocate. You know? Yeah, and that's, so that, that's where you told me that earlier. I was like, oh, we have to do an episode on that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let me just put my I'll, – I'll put my credentials out as a card-carrying conservative, which – uh, by this point, honestly, if our listeners are still in doubt of either of our political views, I don't think they've listened very carefully because yeah. we're not that good at hiding what we actually think. But we're fair. Like, well, I, I yeah. think so. I think we're fair enough. We actually got that as one of the uh, one of the feedback pieces on uh, Apple Podcasts, one of the comments. We have one one listener who said we handle political commentary with grace and, and That's good. credibility to both sides. I'm so, glad we come across that way. Yeah. I, I am too. Uh, but so uh, I graduated from Hillsdale College, which is itself a conservative credential. Um, and uh, I, I don't really have I don't have a political party affiliation because I really don't like either of them. Um, so I would count myself as being in the tradition of conservatism that really looks back to Edmund Burke and Russell Kirk and Richard Weaver as heroes of conservatism. All three of those guys think that the word conservative has to do with conserving a certain tradition. So it's not so much about a advocating for one policy stance or another, but rather looking at what has gone before us and thinking, what's a value in this that we want to maintain? And then that allows for a really a critical look into the past while valuing it and then seeing how that tradition applies to the future. That, that's my strand of conservatism. Um, so with all that being said, and I've, I've got several essays published on the imaginative conservative and with the federalists, so I, I would count myself as kind of a... I, I'm not any sort of public intellectual, but I've got several things on the internet clearly advocating conservative views. I oppose the, the vape, or I, I don't oppose it. I am in favor of banning vape products, particularly banning them for those under the age of 18. So I would disagree with uh, Louder with Crowder and saying you can, in fact, be a conservative and, uh, and think that vape is not a great thing and we actually should ban this. But you're not a conservative. You will align with the traditional. No, I am the a conservative. You, so you align with the idea of tra traditional. Yeah. Conservatism. So you would call yourself a conservative. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just to be clear. Just yeah. Want to make it I, I, I want to go there and say all right, I'm, I'm in that camp. And I, I think this is a place where I actually think President Trump is making a good move and calling for that kind of ban. It's the only thing I've agreed with the governor of Michigan in doing and banning vape. I, I usually oppose Massachusetts politics, but they've done something similar. And I, I, I think that's a good move. And I think that primarily because I think we can't take a – we can't really be conservatives and take a position that the market is actually value neutral. The market is not value neutral. And it is entirely possible to have a company that does not care about morals or human dignity and is just out for profit. And in which case – Eventually, the market might punish that company by having, giving them less profit, but there is a legitimate role of government in protecting the citizens who are less capable of protecting themselves. And that's where I see this vape ban coming in. And that's, that's really the heart of what um, uh, Talento is arguing here, where because she's looking at the connection between uh, Jewel Labs, a company called Altria that also owns Marlboro cigarettes, and really the, the connection between... Uh, Vape, Juul, Big Tobacco, and now the growing industry of knockoff vape products and Juul um, capsules or what's the pods. cartridges, pods, and uh, the fact that we're, we've got several people who have died and over 500 who are, have lung disease because they have smoked knockoff pods and imbibed super intense amounts of THC or uh, the, the chemical from marijuana plants. So all of that, the, the biggest objection I have to, to vape is that 
the marketing there and the construction of it is obviously geared towards those under age 18 who have not yet fully developed frontal cortexes and or frontal lobes. I know you're, you're snickering. Well, well you're, it's you're just, in that it's camp always too. like, no, it's like psychological things are great and I com- I'm completely with it. I That's just neurological. It, yes. Neurological. Right. But then how it affects our decisions and everything. Yeah. Like I'm with that. I just, just, Reminded of times when people use that as an entire case and then it falls through and like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's that's irrelevant. Just that's, keep going. Yeah, keep going. yeah, that's that's not an entire case, but I think it is really important to recognize that, uh, and, and really it, that the the latest research I've seen on it says that your your brain is still developing until you're age 25. But yeah. at the very least, we recognize in law, 18 is where you are legally able to make the decision to purchase tobacco products. 21 is when you are legally able to make the decision to purchase alcohol products. Vape and then Juul in particular have been have designed their products such that they are uh, intended to be consumed by those under a under those ages. So, would you support a tobacco ban or an alcohol ban? No. Okay. So, what's the distinction there? So, part of that too, and then I don't know if you'll buy this argument or not. I think it has some substance, but I recognize not everybody does. I think there is uh, both of those substances have a long tradition attached to them. And they both have something to do with some with with processes that occur naturally. Tobacco uh, grows. I have a bunch of tobacco plants around my house. I actually was just looking like I'm surprised the farmer hasn't harvested his tobacco already because they're starting to die on the vine. And but today they're harvesting tobacco by my house. Those leaves grow. There's a whole process of harvesting them, hanging them in a barn, curing them, and then selling them in various substances. But there, and then the same goes with uh, with alcohol products. That there's various traditions and ways that plants are cultivated. They're then processed, and they're, they're, the the fermentation is a natural process. There is nothing natural about taking a uh, about chemically developing a super concentrated nicotine product and then giving it to people in a way that they can inhale or get as much of that nicotine to their system as possible in as short amount of time as possible. But what about so? You know, cigarettes have like a lot of unnatural substances sure. in them, well, as well. So, would you pro- maybe promote like a cigarette ban, but then cigars, which are a little more natural, would be okay? Or like, I'm just trying now, to see. Find a line I'm not. Here. I what what I'm arguing for is not so much the, and I, I'm I'm not even arguing for a total ban. I I don't want to go so far. And this may be where Crowder may perhaps this is really where Crowder would would I suspect he would definitely agree. Maybe not. Yeah, he's welcome we to ask him. Hey, we yeah. should. He could. Uh, we'd love to have him on the show. I uh, think he would do it after a while. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, I'm am arguing particularly for a ban on selling these, selling and marketing these products to children under the age of 18. Okay. And do you think that, as far as proposing a vaping ban, that Trump has his priorities in place? Because I know, like, so a common argument that people would have against this is that, like, this is not what the government should be focusing on right now. Is this urgent enough? Where this is a good move, and this is a move that's necessary for the president. See, I would argue, yes, it is, uh, and in part because of the nature, and again, I will freely admit, I don't have evidence to ascribe motive to the okay. Jewel Company or to Jewel Labs or to Altria or to Big Tobacco that's seeing a huge new market. I don't think anyone has. Right, kind of, yeah. but here's what we do have. Uh, we have a over the last 50 years, more and more evidence has come out that in vast quantities, smoking tobacco is bad for you. That that much yeah. everyone agrees on. There seems to be increasing. There's a ton of evidence suggesting there's a strong correlation that if you smoke an awful lot of cigarettes 
in a very short amount of time, you increase your likelihood of getting lung cancer. Mm -hmm. There's, I, I don't know of any medical disagreement with that particular claim. But what we do have uh, is, oh, I lost my train of thought. I had a train of thought. Because the lights went off. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Lost so I can pick thought. up if you good, want because I got a couple thoughts. So one thing is that's interesting is that we can't really measure um, the You asked me if Trump was... Priorities are straight. Priorities are straight. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Finish, so we'll finish that thought because it came back. Um, part of what I think President Trump is getting at correctly is that what we do have is increasing evidence that the use of vape products and Juul in particular is ridiculously widespread. So much so, part of what um, Talento goes into in her article is uh, two facts I think are relevant here. Uh, she cites one study that says uh, uh, 75, uh, one third of all high schoolers vaped in the last month. Uh, that's an increase over a year ago. Uh, so in 2017, nope, that's 80% higher. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, but what that's doing is replacing plummeting records of youth cigarette use. Now, we're still relatively close to the, that change. It's not horribly hard to change that now. It's a bit disruptive to a market that's only a few years old. But if that's changed now, you're not, talk, you're not dealing with people who have jewel addiction for 10, 20, 30 years. It's going to be much harder to make a big change in this market 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. What you have right now is a president who's particularly sensitive to social media fads, mm -hmm. who is perhaps, I suspect, um, accurately reading a moment where there's an awful lot of people who are very upset at... 12 kids died because of vape, yep. and you have athletics coaches across the country who are having to bench kids who are clearly showing signs of vape addiction through uh, because they have a harder and harder time managing their own tempers, and also decreased lung capacity. <laughs> well, I mean, that's important for athletics, you know, yeah, and like that's health insane. in general. So my take on this, are you done? Uh, there's one other thing yeah, in there that um, there are apparently a lot of folks who are the, – the argument from the Juul company is that people are using vape as a way to ease themselves off of cigarettes. But in instead, uh, she cites one study that says instead what actually happens if, if kids vape, they are up to four times more likely to then shift to conventional cigarettes. Um, yeah, so, uh, quote, those fruity-flavored Juul ads are luring a new cohort of smokers into the Marlboro Man's loving embrace. Which makes sense for the partnership that yeah. seems to have been created. Oh, so President Trump opposing this is actually really in the interest of the public health. Yeah, I mean, my take on this is, like, I'll always start from the foundation that the individual's decision whether or not to do these things is of the utmost priority, and we can't depend on the government or depend on an outward source for... To, for taking care of us in all aspects of, of everything. So my, fun, my fundamental beginning point is individuals need to be able to make decisions for themselves. That said, government, the purpose of government, or at least one of the purposes of government, is to protect its citizens, to protect the rights of its citizens. And I've seen the stories on Instagram. Like I've, like my, I know people that repost these and everything, where someone has gotten holes in their lungs, or these big like black spots on their lungs, because vape, or Juul especially, has designed... You, like, you cannot, like, that chemical that's in the pods does not evaporate without, like, a hundred chemi chemicals helping it evaporate at, like, you know, a hundred degrees, maybe. You know what I mean? There's so many different chemicals. Like, it's chemically designed to evaporate, like, at a very low kind of temperature. 
and all of those things put in your lungs deteriorate your lungs. So there's big, people are posting their x-rays and explaining how this thing works, where there's holes in their lungs, there's black spots in their lungs, they're sitting on a hospital bed, massive caption and everything. And then to supplement that, everybody else is making videos of themselves throwing away their jewels and throwing away their vape. So again, that's my individual decision part of it. Like someone got into trouble with this, people recognize it, they make better decisions for themselves. That's the best solution in, in my mind. But for, as far as the vaping van goes, the, it, the urgency is what's interesting to me, and it, the, just the overall question of how much should we be regulating things in the free market, because that article says that a free market's not free if consumers are addicted, which raises my question about why we've let c cigarettes go this long and be this addictive for this well, long. And I know that you've said the traditional, you've made your argument for tradition well, there. And it's also worth noting that we've not simply let alcohol or tobacco products otherwise be unregulated. Those are both very highly regulated substances. Uh, and I, I, I know you're 16, 17? 17. 17. So you legally can't be purchasing these products yet. So I suspect you've not like sat there and looked at the, the packaging. But if you purchase a package of cigarettes, every package of cigarettes has a big label on it from the Surgeon General literally saying, this is bad for your health. No, Jules' label warning is even right. bigger. It takes right. up like the entire side of the box. It says, this contains nicotine. Nicotine is bad. It's like literally like cover art. Uh, Part of what uh, what I also found Talento's argument very interesting is um, so is that nicotine products have to go through a process of approval by the Federal Drug Administration, the FDA, and that the she explains that vape did not really go through the same process. So part of what President Trump's ban is actually asking is looking at is really applying the law as it currently stands. So President Trump is not asking for a new law that Congress has to go through and approve and ban vape. That's not what he's actually doing. Instead, he's calling for vape to go through the same kind of safety standards that every other such nicotine-based product would have to go through that they've somehow managed to avoid so far. It's almost the – it's almost the, she paints this picture of uh, – it's, it's really as if uh, they had – they should have done a ton of scientific research and safety testing before coming to market. They managed to go to market, put safety labels on things, and no one really called them on it. But now look, and then President Trump comes out and says, whoa, hold on. A, this is obviously bad. I mean, clearly yeah. no one can really make a good case for why vape is good for anyone. Uh, this is a super addictive, highly nicotine-concentrated product that is not in any way conducive to, like, spending time with other people. No one and vapes because of the social nature of it. Well, we, like, as far as, like, the main argument made in favor of vape is that it helps smokers quit. I have, have I'm yet to see evidence on that, which is partially understandable because Juul hasn't been around for that long. So, I mean, I'll, for whatever that's worth to them. Right. But... I mean, if you put that next to how many people have been harmed, like, health-wise, it's so interesting how fast that e-cigarettes and, and vape and all these different companies or whatever has deteriorated lung health when it takes cigarettes so much longer to do so. Like, there's, there's kids. Maybe they've been vaping for, like, two, three, maybe four years. Cigarettes, I know, like, in, at least in typical amounts, typically take a lot longer Vape has taken, like, no time at all. Like, these lungs are already destroyed. They're, they have the lungs of, like, right. a 70-year-old person. So I found the paragraph where she talks, where uh, Talento talks about this. Uh, so I'm just going to read that for a moment. Uh, she says, uh, okay, 
So it is a free country, and manufacturers do have the right to sell tobacco products to adults, provided they have FDA authorization under the 2009 Family Smoking Prevention and Tobacco Control Act. This 2009 law, heartily supported by Philip Morris at the time, it's a big tobacco company, requires the FDA to authorize new tobacco products only if they are, quote, appropriate for the protection of public health. In case you missed all that public health protection, you're not the only one. A federal district court recently ruled that because of the recent epidemic of youth vaping, e-cigarette manufacturers have until next May to submit their applications to the agency, laying out the scientific evidence for the public health case for their products. So they're going to be in trouble. I, I think so. So in which case, that in my mind, that really changes the nature of the game. Because I do understand, I mean, I, as I'm, uh, on the conservative side of things, is a healthy skepticism of government limiting the free market. However, I do think we also have a, rec a burden on the conservative side of things to remember that the market is not neutral. And instead, and people can easily be enslaved to bad desires. And part of government's protection of the powerless is recognizing that uh, big tobacco has an interest in selling big tobacco. But they're not powerless. You can make the decision. You can, to, yes. but you remember what we talked about in, uh, let, let's go back to Aristotle for just a moment. Are you going to talk about how you go down a rabbit hole of bad habits? And then, uh, it's exactly like, what the I'm initial, about. Like, look, and, and I'm not saying this isn't like difficult to, like, especially when you're way far down the hole. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. makes complete sense. I'm just saying, don't ignore the fact that people have the decision. No, they do. Instead. That's true. That's true. But what we've also got to recognize is, for starters, Aristotle is talking about adults. When yeah. he's talking about you're in that position of a free choice, and you're making a choice. Should I do this or not do that? What I'm describing is particularly, I, I am in favor of a ban uh, that re recognizes that a company that's... Um, uh, okay, so... Talento says the FDA has cited vape manufacturers for intentionally targeting kids with flavors like cotton cookies and watermelon patch, product packaging disguised as juice boxes or cereals, uh, not to mention the, the method of designing this such that it can be smuggled in a pencil pouch during the school day. All of that is pernicious. Uh, it is not outside the bounds of the government to re to regulate a pernicious marketing campaign that is targeting those who are not really equipped to make a full and informed choice. So that's where I do affirm a I do affirm a ban on this. Uh, rather, not to rob adults of their ability to go get hooked on an addictive substance. Lord knows we have not been effective in banning drugs in this country. That has not worked. But we can recognize that children are less capable of making good choices freely without being unduly swayed by clever packaging than adults are. Adults are better able to weigh those decisions. Kids are susceptible to making bad decisions because it looks like it's going to be fun. So I'm going to ask one more question about your um, natural substances kind of thing with the way alcohol and tobacco are made. Weed is also a natural substance, okay? So I'm not trying to put right, you into a right. corner here. Yep, yep, I know. It's, it's the obvious. So obvious does, that, does that work? Because like, places are legalizing that now, which is going to make it a lot more accessible. So just give me your thoughts on that. I don't oh, know like, how to ask that question. I know, I know. And I'm trying but to, I feel like have... it had to be asked, too. Yeah, right? and it's, it's, it's 2019. It's a, it's, it's, it is a, it's a question that was not around when I was a teenager. I mean, there's certainly, in 2007, when I was a senior in high school, weed was like something that the bad kids in my class would sneak off on the weekends and do. In 2019, I don't, it doesn't have nearly that reputation. Like, even 
goodness, that's not that many years. That's uh, that's only 26 years. No, it's not even 26 years. It was 2007 to, that's 12 years. 12 years later, it's uh, the society has shifted quite a lot. Um, so here at least is uh, my case. I would maintain the same standard of saying uh, marijuana products should not be marketed towards children. Okay, so that's a consistent standard. That's a consistent yeah. standard. And I think I, I'm with I you. would, and I would then also make the case that I don't think I don't think um, marijuana is a wise choice. Okay. Now I don't have a moral case here. I have you'll you'll love this. I have a consequentialist case. Okay, just because I used it in the negative debate doesn't mean I'm a consequentialist fan. It I means know, I, I know, use it. but I, I think uh, I, I think the the highest good that someone can achieve for himself is setting up his life to live a life of freedom and then exercising that freedom well. Now, Agreed. you can use that freedom to, in, to enslave yourself to marijuana. Yeah. And now, I, I, I have heard people make the argument, you don't have to be addicted to marijuana. I don't necessarily buy that. I think it is an inherently addictive substance that companies want you to be addicted to their products. Yeah. At the same time, I think there are all kinds of other products that people do addict themselves to. Um, coffee is an addictive substance. Sugar is an addictive substance. But there does seem to be something different about mood-altering and mind-altering substances. And particularly, I'm really interested to watch... Um, I've, I had a friend who uh, was from, uh, from Arizona who told me that there's, they have a big problem in Arizona with people who are high who keep crashing their cars. Yes, I use that in a stat for the drugs debate, for right. legalizing illicit drugs. Yeah. So what happens, so, I mean, at some point, those numbers are going to climb high enough that we will have some sort of national referendum on banning marijuana before driving. And there might be, I mean, it, it, it's taken. Oh, man. I mean, I, you're, you're, you're probably too young to have seen this. I, I'm mostly too young to have seen this. There's been a 30-year campaign against drinking and driving. It used to not be that big of a deal to drink and drive. Was it legal at any point? Not necessarily legal, but not something that was enforced nearly to the extent that it is now. Today, there is moral messaging everywhere yes. that if you drink yeah. and drive, you are a moral cretin and you should just like die People before do it for, you kill like, someone else. Texting and driving too, because like any yeah. kind of distraction, whether it's like health that, distraction, yeah. like physical distraction. That kind of moral messaging, I think, is going to become a bigger that that that's becoming going to be that's going to eventually be attached to marijuana and will eventually we probably will see a loosening of the legal code on marijuana until people are dumb and as people are dumb we will start to see a contraction it's all of the dynamic law. it's just yeah. going to keep i mean that's but the nature a, of the market right but it's a dynamic well and end of law yeah because exactly. law is a response to human behavior so in that case but but it's worth noting that um, there are casualties <laughs> People are dying in this scenario I'm, I'm spinning. Yes. And, but it, this is also working its way out over the span of decades. Um, I'm interested in how this... So I don't even... Now that you've clarified Trump's intentions with this, it doesn't even sound like a ban because we're going with putting vape companies through the same regulations that tobacco companies are put for and that they were put, for, put through before, which... I like that idea a lot better because it's using current regulations that are already put in place. It's a, I mean, I'm assuming that saves some time, at least in government. And uh, it saves a lot it, of time. Exactly. Man. And it's, it's using the procedures that we already have as they're intentionally meant to be used. And I think that vape companies are going to see a lot of backlash from that, which is right, well, they, rightfully so. Right? Well, and we, we've and, already seen some of that starting because the... Uh, I think, I don't remember his name, but the CEO of, of Jewel Labs resigned yesterday. Exactly. So 
I think as if the, if vaping is bad for people, which it is, especially like what I'm shocked by is how quickly it became bad for people. It's not. It's like a pretty new idea. You know what I mean? Like tobacco's been around for a lot longer, and it takes a lot longer to affect someone's health. Right. In most cases, but vaping, like, forget about it. And I I just want to know if it's going to work, because it's, there's there's always going to be a black market for stuff. Like now that it's going to be. We don't even know if it's going to be illegal. It just becomes so tightly regulated. See, here's the thing. Uh, and, and We've gone a long time on this on. episode, too. Yeah, we have. I just want to leave enough of a gap. We can cut this if, we, if, if you answer the way I don't think you will. Um, so do you actually know how to buy things on the black market? Um, I conceptually know how. I know, but like practically. like If you were going to try to get some illegal substance, do you know who to call and like set up a drop and, and pay them actual cash? Or what black market apps to use or the Silk Road thing on the internet? Do you actually know how to do all that? No. Okay. See, I don't know. And so, but here's the thing. Um, if it is publicly available, it is publicly accessible. People run the black market argument all the time. And debate circles, it's it's a that's a bread and butter argument. Yeah, we shouldn't regulate it because that will just drive it to the black market. But here's the trick: the majority of people in this country do not actually know how to access the black market. The they are, and it takes additional effort to figure it out. Now there are plenty of people who, when things change, they will figure out how to access the under the table market. And if they grow up in certain circumstances, they know that market better than they know the above-board legal market. But in all honesty, so what, what that means, though, is that if it is regulated and banned, and then there, that makes it harder. It and, makes it hard, but again, regulation but gonna, doesn't they, mean a ban. If, true, the, if the vape true. companies change their health standards and like reinvent the product, they're still out there. Like, they may, granted, right. they may be healthier, but they're so, still going to be out there. They're still going to be legal. Does, but what that does is it does minimize the number of people who will only access this thing that's bad for them as long as it's easy to do so. I mean, but like, look at marijuana. It's illegal in North Carolina right now, and so many people have access to it. Like, True, but they at least have to be sneaky about it and find ways to get it that... It doesn't stop them, though. Right, granted. Granted, yeah. you can't actually stop people from being bad. Individual decisions. Right? But you can make it harder. And when you make it harder, it does limit people in some way. I just and when know. you also attach penalties to that, the fear of punishment also does affect people. But that's what we said about the entire war on drugs. And we just had an entire debate about how we have imprisoned 2 million people. And that doesn't mean that those solutions it. are necessarily good. That's what I'm it, saying, is that those solutions aren't necessarily good. But it also is recognizing that we are saying that this is a social ill. It is a social ill for pe- it is a socially bad thing for people to enslave themselves to drugs. And I think we can all agree on that. Hopefully. Hopefully. Okay. I'm I'm in favor of this. I'm not going to call it a ban. I'm in favor of this reinforced regulation and making all companies go through the same process because it's not fair if some get favored over another and some like have skipped regulations. That's an obvious um, injustice. And I hope that this is going to work. I don't think anybody really knows how this is going to play out because we are like my example with marijuana. So many people have access to it and it's still illegal in North Carolina. So then we've come to the solution where a lot of states are just like, you know what, let's just make it legal. So, I mean, if we do that with the same thing with vape, it's just going to become exactly what it is now. Maybe the age will be a little bit higher or whatever, but I'm skeptical as to whether or not this is going to work. I I think it will have some minor effect, but in the long run, I'm interested, like I'm open ears. Yeah. I'm ready to see. Well, and one other thing that making it illegal will do uh, that is currently difficult to do, it's not impossible, 
but it will empower parents and people who work with children to officially say, no, you cannot vape in my classroom. <laughs> yeah. Right now, it's sort of a, it's a school rule. It's a, and it's, it's enforceable as a school rule. If it is enforceable as the law of the land, that is a whole nother level See, that, I'm of with activity. you there. I mean, then, because you could, it's illegal. Like, right. you could call the police, you could, I mean, it's just everything. Like, yep. you could just do whatever. Well, I know we've, we've gone longer than we intended to on this episode. Let me, let me close us out with uh, a, a bit of poetry. Since we have what? been on, I know. I know. All right, let's hear it's it. A, it's a weird episode anyway. This is from one of my favorite poems. It's called Mythopoeia. By, it's by uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. We've so read it we, in literature. We did, which um, is... Uh, I still can't believe you're wearing Lord of the Rings shoes and have not actually read the books or seen the movies. I will grant that seeing the movies is somewhat close to, to knowing Tolkien. But uh, in this poem, he has a great bit that I think explains really what why this matters and why we actually need to value certain things above the economic market. Uh, here's how he puts it. Blessed are the legend makers with their rhyme of things not found within recorded time. It is not they that have forgot the night or bid us flee to organize delight in lotus isles of economic bliss for swearing souls to gain a Circe kiss and counterfeit at that machine produced bogus seduction of the twice seduced. Here's what he's getting at. He's contrasting two different groups. It's a very long poem, so I'm just reading one section. But the legend makers with their rhyme are the ones who see things that are true, and they're the ones who are telling us things that will keep us from danger. One of the dangers here is this Lotus Isle of economic bliss. Hopefully you'll recognize the Lotus Isle as a reference to Homer in the Odyssey, where Odysseus and his men, one of the places they stop is the original druggy island where they could stop and they take consume these lotus, lotus petals that rob them of their memory of getting home. Well, but here, notice their lotus isles of economic bliss. So lotus isles where you can gain a huge economic advantage through being on the lotus isle. But Tolkien goes on to call them, say that they are forswearing their souls to gain a Circe kiss. Odysseus should go home to Ithaca to get a kiss from his wife Penelope. He should not stay on the Lotus Isle to get a false kiss from a seductive witch named Circe. Uh, that, that's the contrast there. This kind of kiss is counterfeit. It's machine-produced, bogus seduction of the twice seduced. So in this case, I think it's particularly appropriate because we are talking about a massive, massively successful company. The Jewel has made over a billion dollars in 2018 alone. And so because of that, they've made a ton of money. And we need to be aware of the possibility that they could, in fact, uh, be marketing a false product. And so banning this for those under age 18, I think, strikes as recognizing that just because it makes money doesn't make it good. I completely agree. I'm interested to see how this plays out. I'm really surprised you brought poetry. You didn't tell me you were going to do <laughs> I this. Didn't, so this no. is completely, like, this is a surprise. Um, and I like the nature of the way this is going about. We're going to impose regulations on everyone, and I hope it works because the effects that I've seen from Juul vape and like big vape, big tobacco, whatever you want to call it, have been staggeringly detrimental to the health of young people. And whatever the government can do to keep it out of their hands, I, I just hope it works because, yeah. 
It's uh, dangerous. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for uh, this bonus episode of What's the Res? Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this. And if you want to uh, write us to let us know what you think about the question of banning vape for those under age 18, you can do that by emailing us at whatsthereses at gmail.com. You can also find us on all of our social media pages. We're on Twitter, Reddit, and Instagram with the hashtag at what's the res underscore. We're on Facebook.com or we're at Facebook at Facebook.com slash what's the res. You can also find all of our resources at the uh, recently updated what's the res.com. And just in case you can't find, uh, don't have enough debate in your life and want to check out more, you can check out our premium debates where for $3 a month or $30 a year, you can get recordings of live debates, real debates by real people where we debate the significant issues of the current day. You can find those at whatstherez.podbean.com slash premium. And until next time, work hard, speak well, and seek the truth.